Welcome to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. Today we talk with Amy McCann, who has played baseball since she was 12 years old and then went on to represent Australia from 2002 to 2014. Special guest today, Amy McCann, who was actually first on our show way back in March 2011 when we were on radio. Um, and uh, now we've gone to uh, YouTube. Um, we've managed to get her back on some 11 years later. So uh, good afternoon, Amy. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. Uh, before I get to the real topic, a question without notice, I believe you're a Melbourne supporter. <laughs> I am indeed. Um, yeah, I moved to Melbourne back in uh, 2000 and they were great. And I thought, cool, I'm going to jump on them. And yeah, it was a long 22 years, but finally got to celebrate this year. Well, you're among friends here because three quarters of the panel support Melbourne. So, perfect. There's <laughs> a Melbourne zone. Uh, look, um, you started playing baseball when you were 12, so uh, and played in numerous Australian teams, uh, played in world championships. Um, so you're very qualified to talk on baseball. Uh, when we last saw you, you were playing uh, centre field. I still you're, am. Still, you're still playing competitive baseball. Uh, yeah, I'm long since retired from the Australian and the Victorian team now. I still play club level uh, and do a lot of coaching with juniors and things. So just can I took some time away and took up uh, cricket. Actually played five years of premier uh, cricket in here in Melbourne. But baseball, it always draws you back. So I'm back. And who's your local team? Uh, Doncaster Dragons Baseball Club. So, yeah, I've been there, 300 gamer. It'd be pretty good to go down there and be able to talk to a, an Australian centre fielder to get some tips, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, if anyone wants to come down, it's, it's not just myself. We're, we're coached by Samantha Hamilton, who is also an um, Australian women's baseball superstar. And uh, we've got we've actually produced dozens of Australian and Victorian players, so there's no shortage of talent. And people, Doncaster's always open, so if anyone wants to come down, it's uh, head down the top of in Manningham. Beautiful ground, one of the best in Melbourne. Is, uh, Amy, is that uh, just next to the little ass down there or am I thinking in the wrong area? Uh, no, I'm not sure what you're... I'm trying to think who's next to... Off George Street. Off George Street, I think it is. Is that... No, that might be Ringwood. I know Ringwood's off the back of an ass track. Okay. Um, yeah, no, Doncaster's nice. We're just, like, literally in the middle of a bush. The log cabin, about to get a new clubhouse. But, um, yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic place. Um, okay. Can I just ask broadly on baseball? I'm a big fan of both baseball and American football. American football's made a real transition to Australian fans. Uh, and a lot of it, I think, is to do with you can watch the game at the pub at lunch. Not that I'd ever uh, miss any work to do so. But uh, do you think, and baseball's more popular than NFL in America, do you think it's just the sheer proliferation of games and not such a shorter schedule that, that hasn't made it transition to be as, as popular in Australia as perhaps it could be? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I think with NFL is that you've got those, that one game a week and you've got that real big build-up and the tailgate parties and, and the, the TV games. And as you said, baseball, 162 games in six months. It's, and I, I'm the, I bleed Atlanta Braves. And sometimes you're just like, I can't watch a game. I just need a day off. And I think, I think as, as well as Australians, I, I always have this, I always find it funny that Australians, a lot of Australians hate cricket, hate um, baseball, and a lot of Americans hate cricket, and they're, they're both inherently the same thing. T Twenty, it should be baseball. Should be we should be making further inroads in the market here because T Twenty is it's effectively the same thing. And I just think maybe some modifications, um, but it comes down to facilities, it comes down to budgets for teams and things like that. And look, the Melbourne Aces, I was out there last weekend, and they they're doing 
um, they have turned it around in 10 years. That It's an amazing ballpark and it's an amazing product. It's, actually, it's a minor league game. Well, so well Amy, you remember what Altona was always dubbed, the white elephant. Uh, yeah, look, I've played out there plenty of times. We had to pay per game to play out there. We had our cars robbed one night. We had, like, it was really... It's, it's, look, it's still in the, that location, but the facilities and what Brett Ralph and that are doing at the Aces is just second to none. And I think there's a lot... The ABO has a lot of great franchises. We're just going to try and... Got to try and get into a market, try and get into a space somewhere because it's pretty crowded. It's great, great entertainment. I've got three kids and they, you know, fire t-shirts and hot dogs and stuff. But yep. There was a great article yesterday about T20, how successful it's been. And it might be just a time issue with people as well. And that's where baseball's perfect because of the size. I'm a cricket fanatic, but I would rarely sit down and watch a one-day game, let alone a test match. Like, I don't really have eight hours spare. So mm-hmm. that's where... 2020 has been great because most American sports go for three hours, which is yep. about people's window. Exactly and right. That, that aces really have a chance to capitalise on that window that you can get people along to for that time period. I, I agree. I th- not just the watching, but also the participation side. Like, as I said, I just came out of cricket. One of the reasons I stopped was my Sundays were longer than my work day because I had to play a 50 over game and it was just, I, I didn't have that time. And I think that's one thing that baseball, baseball Australia and the organisations maybe have really missed the boat on of capitalising, hey, turn up, it's two and a half hours and you're gone. Yep. And for a lot of us, it isn't because we stay for two games or we stay for a drink on the field, things like that. But, yeah, it's shortened games. So well, I used to be a fast bowler at cricket. And I remember that when I'd bat, the captain would say, take your time. And I'd suddenly turn into a barn dance, you know, and charge down the wicket. At least if I took up baseball, I'm a bit old now, but I'd get another go. Exactly right. Yep, you do. You get, get a few chances each game. And that may be how they get the kids in because you watch kids cricket and it's all about competitiveness. They get out and that's it. So It is. It's harsh. It's a harsh sport. Yeah. And, of course, Professor, your, uh, your first pitch uh, certainly got the recruiters coming uh, <laughs> after you. Stop it. <laughs> um, in my defence, and I've told you this before, Kuda, um, when you're a fast bowler at cricket and you put on the mound your natural reaction of where you're going to let the ball go is different to if you're pitching a baseball. Um, Amy, you didn't see it, but it, it was a one bouncer to the catcher. Oh, okay. But in, in, the, in the hitting zone, though, at least? Uh, it bounced and came into the hitting zone. The, ca- the catcher didn't have to move, move. It just bounced to him. That was all. Maybe what I was... thought, though, Professor, was very nice, that card you got from John Howard, say I'm suddenly not the uh, most embarrassing <laughs> delivery. <laughs> You're just working on a hybrid sport of T20 and baseball. I see what you're doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll put that, I'll put that uh, photo up on the website. Actually, it looks, it looks really great. It looks like I'm going to deliver a two-seam fastball. Um, it, <laughs> it doesn't show where the ball bounced, so I'm happy with it. I forget which celebrity it was in America that pitched. It's landed in Rosette. The catch is just... <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some good compilations of first-pitch disasters. I think Mariah Carey's up there. Yeah. Um, look... Uh, Amy, what we got you on today was to talk about uh, the movement in women's baseball. It seems to have been making great headway, especially over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Genevieve Beacom, 17-year-old, six-foot-two pitcher, signed by the Melbourne Aces to play in the men's league. How big is that for women in sport and women in baseball? Oh, I think you've said the first part, women in sport. It's just another barrier glass ceiling, however you want to phrase it, to see 
somebody break through and, and achieve that. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, for someone that's obviously represented my country for 15 years and that whole time we never saw any women break that barrier. I, I personally couldn't be happier for her, couldn't be prouder um, for the sport, for everything. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Were you, that, were you there the night she did the pitch, Amy? Yeah, I, I had the privilege of um, working in the commentary booth for those three games and I'll be back again uh, for the next series, February 4, 5, 6. And I, I tell you, I've, I've seen, I've been a part of, I've experienced some of the most amazing moments in women's baseball. We've won silver medals, we've been shot out on fields, we've all these different things. I've been around the world and I was like a kid in a candy store. Like, I, I'm, look, I'm a, I'm a baseball history nut. I love it. And I just, I knew, I knew the moment. I knew it was what it was. And I was just watching the bullpen the whole time. And I just, as soon as I saw her get up in the bullpen, I was just, I was so nervous. I was far more nervous than her. She just looked like she absolutely owned it. Um, but yeah, it was, I loved it. I think if you listen closely, you can actually hear me kick the wall a few times in the commentary when they, uh, particularly when the umpire didn't call Jack Barry's foot off the bag in the first out, which would have been an out. I think yeah. I, I've learnt not to swear in the commentating. I just I kick things instead. <laughs> um, Amy, what shouldn't be lost, apart from actually coming into the game and pitching, um, she allowed no no hits and no runs. Yep, that's um, the, exactly. Surely that passes the test if anybody's looking for one. And that's the and that's the thing. And a lot of people, unfortunately, when things like this happen with women's sports, sometimes some people can think it's a it's a marketing ploy. It's just a marketing gimmick. It's it's free publicity. It isn't. We've all known Genevieve. We've known since she was nine or 10. We've known she's done. She's, this is just another barrier she's broken at this age level or this level. She's done it in every single level. But she came on. She looked the part. She was throwing that nasty curveball. She had, she had one fly ball to the outfield to end the inning. Every, everything else was – she basically fisted all the batters and they were ground balls. And a couple of, couple of one maybe bad throw and a really bad umpiring call, she almost could have been three up, three down. And that, that is, it's not the fact she stepped onto the mound. It's, it's yeah, she had that school of sitting. We were devastated that she didn't get another inning because we were just like, come on, Pete, put her on, put her on. But they're really protective of her. They're really protective of their development place so they don't burn arms, which is really, really great. So when you say protective, it's around the long-term uh, goals for her career rather than, as you said before, this is no marketing gimmick. This is not to get bums on seats. This is to produce the best possible athlete yeah, that she can possibly be exactly right. If this was a marketing ploy, she would have been pitching on the Friday night. She would have pitched on the Sunday. She would have pitched last night or, or Friday night. She came into a situation that was right for her in the situation. They were down four runs. She came on. She knew exactly what her role was, and it could have been very easy for Pete just to put it back out there or throw the next day. And Pete's just like, no, she's a seventeen-year-old. They're all they're all being managed really well. And Pete's Pete's fantastic. So there's some really the aces. That's one thing that. I don't think it's talked up enough. You've got Peter Moylan, Graham Lloyd, Tim Bella, people like that managing a, a team in, in Melbourne. That's, that's major league standard. So she's well, in good hands. Well, Graham Lloyd, like you mentioned that name, and most people that follow some sport, Australian sport, would know who Graham Lloyd is. Yep. Lloydie and, and, and obviously Nielsen back in the 90s, they were the big one-two punch for the, for the Brewers. So many Australians still know that. So... I mean, that's, that's what I grew up, grew up on. So and I had the privilege of having Graham as an Australian coach for one year. It made me want to become a pitcher because um, he was the pitching coach. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. So you didn't, you didn't follow on with pitching? No, I just did a club level. It's just too hard. There's too much thinking. And 
too much pressure and everyone's looking at you. I'd rather, the ball comes too quickly, I'd rather stand in centre field. You get to think about your hitting out there. Um, how do you see Genevieve, her feet, how do you see that changing the landscape for baseball generally? Not, not just for women, but generally. I think... It's an interesting discussion because I think there's been a lot of publicity around what she's done as a, as a woman, as a female in a male, predominantly male league. And it's brought a big spotlight as to what you can achieve. Um, I'm hoping that it actually translates or transfers to more girls wanting to play baseball. And if that's playing with girls or with boys, at the end of the day, I don't care. Jen, Jen is good enough to play men. So We'd love her to come back and play women's and, and, and how she fits it all in is going to be tough now because she's just that talented. Um, I just hope that what she's done brings profile to girls being able to play baseball because we quite often sit there and go, oh, women's baseball, we've got no profile. But in Australia, baseball doesn't have a great profile. So I'm just hoping it brings, and it brings a profile to the aces. Like, as I said, I haven't been there to a game for, for a couple of years and what they've done there is amazing. Everyone needs to head out because it's, it's a great night of entertainment. So I'm just really hoping all round it actually raises the profile because you see what's what the women's AFL's been doing, what, what women's cricket's been doing. I mean, I've, every weekend I seem to turn on the Matildas are on TV. So can I, I can only do good things. Um, can I just go in, Peter, just on that point? Yeah. Um, I did some research before uh, speaking with you, Amy, and I was looking for plans for a women's ABL. Um, I saw that way back in 2019, there were some provisional licences given out, but I don't think it's gone any further. Um, but I see that there was a uh, there was some baseball, women's baseball played just recently, a showcase in June 2021. Um, as far as you're aware, are there any plans to get a women's national league afoot? Yeah, there is definitely. As you as you said, to you referred to the 2019, um, there were licenses taken baseball victoria took a license for the women's abl team for the aces um there was definitely plans and then obviously just a small little ripple with COVID, <laughs> obviously put a shutdown to everything and um they were hoping that it might come for this summer but when the men's abl has to cancel their season it's it's definitely put an end to any chance of us getting a women's abl for this season but um, they're committed. Baseball Australia and the teams that have taken the licences out, they're really passionate. And the showcase that was in in Adelaide last May, there is another one coming up in Geelong. We're really fortunate to have some amazing people who are so passionate about women's baseball. The Bandits and the Aces in particular just got all around it. Um, they were absolutely fantastic. And there's talk there could be the Bandits, the Aces and the Giants again for this showcase in Geelong. So the groundswell is there and we need it. We desperately need the ABL, not just from a marketing and, a, and just a, the optics and the visual, you can't be what you can't see. We actually need it desperately as a pathway, a step to the Australian team. Um, unfortunately, our World Cups have now been moved to every four years as opposed to every two. So you've got a really big gap now for girls that did stay in the sport, maybe for a few years because they knew there was a World Cup every two years and now it's every four years. So if there's no ABL, it, we, do, we just need that option. And, and that's going to that's gonna bring in other players. As I said, we suddenly have an ABL and we think to do different things differently. We suddenly might start to get a few cricketers come across and a few of the other bat and ball sports come across. So, yeah, I think there's definitely, they're definitely committed. Kuda? Um, I, was just, I was just thinking, like, you're talking about Altona um, and the ballpark out there. 
We've been a couple of times and I use public transport to go to events. Mm -hmm. It's actually not bad. Like the, the walk from the station to the ground isn't great because you have to walk along some gravel and under a bridge. And, but, yes. but to get, once you're there, it, the facilities are terrific. Um, yep. And the actual competition and standard is, is amazing. Like it, it's one of those things, I think, Amy, that you, if you don't know or you don't go or you don't watch it, you don't know. <laughs> it it, it <laughs> is. I think, I, I think at times, particularly in the baseball community, I think we Australians sometimes can be a little bit, um, what's the word, a bit snobby when it comes to sports. Like a lot of us, like I watch Braves every day and, I, and a lot of people might watch Major League Baseball or have been to minor league baseball and they go, why would I want to go and watch an Australian league? That's just guys that play in the club. I've, I've mm. watched them at a club ball. And it's just not, it's not that. It's actually, it's actually not that. Like you talk about the stadium, it, it's like I'm the complete opposite side of Melbourne. I can be on my couch in a car out there in the stands well within an hour. And that's, pre that's pretty good. The food trucks there now, Brett Ralph and Mick Wern and all of them have done like there's bars down the left field line. There is this, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. The music, there's sound effects, there's kids running races, there's competitions. There's, it's absolutely, I actually reckon more people just need to get out there and realise they'll see what they're missing. Yep. I'm at Narraville, so it's just down the road, so I can uh, get down there whenever I like. Should be the number one ticket holder. You'll be there every game. Yeah, come out. Kuda, we'll get an Uber down. Come over one time. Oh, yeah. Just <laughs> more happy Paul from Morty Alec, mate. Very easy. Yeah. <laughs> get to me and then you can stay the night. But, but you remember, because you remember back the days when they tried having it at Waverley Park, um, Moorabbin. Um, Showgrounds. Showgrounds. Yeah. yeah, but... None of those were sort of successful in establishing them as a, a franchise or a, a, a having their own identity. Whereas now there's a genuine identity out of Daltona and they are Melbourne. Um, so I think it's, uh, we think there's definite momentum. Um, one of the things we talk about as well, Amy, is where male and female can compete on playing level field against each other. Now, we talk about Jamie Carr and the horse racing. Um, we've seen a little bit with the golf. So mm -hmm. um, the Victorian Open is a classic that they play, the, the men's and ladies play the same course at the same time. Um, and of course, now we're seeing this with baseball. And uh, if it's just one one little step, we know the momentum that it takes. And, and you use Daisy Pierce as an example yep. of uh, what's happened with women's football. and. And we know it's a burn, but you start small and uh, you aim big. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, if someone had said to me, honestly, if someone had said to me 10 years ago, there's going to be a, a, a woman pitching to the aces. And I, I honestly, it's not that I would have laughed because everyone knows that I, my passion for women's baseball, I would have turned around and gone 10 in 10 years. No, I don't believe you because we have to remember that only 25 years ago, somebody was the first woman to pitch in college in America. The Australian women's baseball team, we only played our first World Cup three months before Jen was born. So women's baseball is really like, I hear these stories about like the Ashes have been played for a hundred and something years. We've only had a World Cup since 2004. So if we've achieved this in 17 years in our sport, I, I sit there and I go, it's all, it, honestly, it's all about participation. If we do not get more girls playing baseball and more boys playing baseball we're not going to see more of these things we need to make sure there's more in the playing pool so so leading on from that then do you see the wbbl as being a catalyst to be able to have people play baseball 
the women's ABO, yes, 100%, because what, what that does is we then become an opportunity for internationals to come out here. So then you become um, a destination. You start bringing governments, you start bringing sponsors in, you start the, I, I see it as a, it's not just Australian players. It needs to be, it needs to be imports, um, which also then strengthens as a league. So I was fortunate enough during the women's cricket years I spent at Plenty Valley with Premier Cricket. I had, I had to, so Danny White, who's opening the, the batting for England yeah. right now, she used to come out when she was out here playing for the Renegade. She would then come and play, and I was standing next to Danny White. I had Taylor Vlemic on my left, and Lizelle Lee was batting, and I was facing all these, and it was way out of my depth. I don't know why I was there. I was there because of my fielding. But that stuff is amazing because I learned so much and was like, we had people coming down to our games, and they were club games to watch because they had five internationals there. There's just so many so many things the women's ABL brings and because a market it brings every week unfortunately baseball for women it's like we've we've found that what Jen's achieved it's it's a lot a lot of people would think that she's the first woman in this country to do anything in women's baseball and we've won two medals at a world cup we've had an Australian team for 20 years but because we've never played Australian significant events on home soil we have there's been no product there's been we haven't been very well marketed by baseball australia for 20 years and people don't know we exist and that's that's just i'm not having a go at anyone it's just it's just unfortunately we're one of the we're a minority sport and we're the female side of it and it's it's hard it's it's really hard so abl is going to make a massive difference it's not the it's not the solution only solution but it's a massive piece of the puzzle i think the um the key, I think the key for any sport at the moment, and we're seeing obviously the impact COVID's had, but it's about getting kids participating in sport and yep. getting them back out of playing your fortnights and all these other uh, games to actually go out and, and if it's play baseball, it's play cricket, play footy again. Like the numbers dropped off a little bit for participation, but hopefully now that we've got a little bit of normality coming back, we'll get some numbers back. And it might be the perfect time to just go, right, let's have a crack here and, and see what we can get um, because you just don't know. Exactly. No, I completely agree. It's also about we're just going to make the experience better as well. We need to make sure that when kids turn up and parents turn up, that experience is better. Because at times I think the entry point for kids, baseball is really hard to play as an adult. There's a lot of rules and all of these rules just transferred down to under 12s. And there's like tag flies, all these different rules. And you've got 12 year olds and you've got parents trying to coach all these. I think we need to, I don't know, at times I think we just need to re reimagine the sport at certain levels. And that's, that's elites as well. Okay. So if that was all for women's baseball, um, that would be great. But more news coming out of the United States with Rachel Belkovic being appointed a minor league baseball manager for the Yankees, first time ever, um, a woman managing a men's pro team. Um, that surely must widen the horizons for women and their thoughts about their input in all parts of the game, not just women's. 100%. And I think Rachel Bolkovic was appointed that role because of her ability and her skills and her, not because she's a woman again, it's, it's about what she brings. And we saw, I think there's nine women that are in major league teams in coaching or um, sports science type roles. We saw Alyssa Nakin in the bench for the Giants last season, a couple of seasons now, and Bianca Smith's a hitting coach with the Orioles. They're just a couple. And I think that 
I think it's, we, it's fantastic that, with, that they're actually being recognised for their skills um, and they're going and coaching baseball. So they're not, they're not it's hard. You, you want to champion these calls. You want to say she's a woman and she's coaching men's baseball. She's, she's a coach coaching baseballers and that's why she's there. And it's, I mean, I hope Rachel Bolkovic can lend her talent to the USA women's national team and she can be one of their coaches. Um, but when there's all these opportunities for paid roles in those leagues as well, we, we will lose a lot of talent from the women's ranks. But um, again, I think if, uh, there's no doubt that we can have a, a female manager of a major league team. I know that that's what Rachel Bolkovic's got in her sights. Yeah. I, sorry, Kuta. Well, Kuta and I were having a chat during the week and it's a little bit similar to what you said before, Amy. If, if you had a said 10 to 15 years ago, or even when you were last on our show, oh, listen, there'll be a woman who's managing an arm of the Yankees. Um, that would have been almost fantasy for 10 years, 15 years. Well, no, I can't see that. Yep. Um, almost in the, and it got me to recall uh, Whoopi Goldberg's movie called Eddie, where she's appointed the coach of the New York Knicks. Now, regrettably, I know that movie because I support the Knicks. And, I haven't uh, seen that one. Yeah. So she's appointed the coach of the New York Knicks. Now, that was ages ago, and it, and it was a comedy. Yes. It, it, yeah. it wouldn't be a comedy today. No, because, not, be, not yeah, at all. Because, because, because the thoughts behind it, like, oh, this could never happen, it's fantasy. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how in the space of 10 years, it's not fantasy. It, it'll happen. And at the end of the day, I think baseball teams and their, their businesses, those organisations, they're looking for that next one percenter. They're looking to make sure that they appoint the right people. And I think, yes, in the past, there would, probably would have been women and definitely have been women who have been overlooked because they're a woman. But I think at the end of the day, it's such a cutthroat industry. People, clubs are going to appoint the people who are best for the roles. And I think that's why everyone's gone, we're just going to hire who's the best for the role. And women are, women. Women are now putting their hand up because we have to also remember that women have a tendency to not apply for these roles because I think a lot of women in the past have thought, well, there's no chance I'm not going to get appointed because I'm a woman. And, and Rachel actually, if you um, hear, she actually, for her first role she applied for, one of the, one of the um, pro teams, she actually provided her name as Ray. And then yeah, she, I saw that. Had, she had to have an interview and then that's when it came out that she was a female. And it's like... I think women are now seeing Rachel and seeing people like that, Bianca and Alyssa and that, and they're just going, well, I'm applying for these roles and people are now seeing they, that women want it and they're good enough, so why not? I think, that's, I think that's the point at the end of the day is that you hire the best possible talent or the best person for the role. Now, that's not always been the case and mm. it's it's possibly who you know and, and all this sort of stuff, but... Uh, if we look at AFL as an example, Amy, they've still got a lot of work to do with the with the, the women's coaching or female coaches in both the AFLW, but then also um, with the AFL because I think that they bring a unique set of characteristics to any any sport and a different perspective. And so, yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think you hire the best possible and 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 coaching versus management now and there's different roles and there's been an evolution around the coaching and the sort of um yep. what skill seats you need um so no certainly it's an interesting conversation and and you, you look at them and, and the publicity they get and you your point before about when you put a female coach 
well, she's a coach. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah. All right, Amy, thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate your time. Um, we'll have to get you back on when uh, we have a chat about the Olympics or cycling. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you, can give us, you can give us your expert input there as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving time, giving airtime to baseball, women's baseball and everything. Love your work. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No worries. All the best. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. Our next podcast will feature football identity Cameron Schwab, who has been CEO at three AFL clubs and is now a leadership mentor, writer and artist. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to our channel. You can also find more Sports Fan Radio on our YouTube channel.